April 22nd, May 13th, June 3rd, June 24th. These dates ringing any bells? Well, they might if you're an Ontario angler because these dates are all the different fishy openers we have across the province. Of course, these dates may vary depending on where you are in the province, but here in Southern Ontario, these dates are celebrated across all tying tables. With these dates fast approaching, Drift Outfitters and Fly Shop in downtown Toronto is the place to go to get ready for trout, walleye, pike, muskie, bass of the small and largemouth variety. Yes, Drift Outfitters has you totally covered for all your upcoming fishing needs. Stop by the store to chat with the experts themselves and learn how to catch the fish you're after. Or shop online at driftoutfitters.com and enjoy coast-to-coast-to-coast -to -coast -to -coast shipping on all the best products. Find them at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto or online at driftoutfitters.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. Um, my name is Mitch. Of course, we've got Aldo. Hey, everybody. And Yilma's got a migraine, which uh, happens sometimes <laughs> to him. He's, yeah, it's like his thing. It's like connected to his back and his head. And he's just had migraines ever since I've known him. So he's uh, he's out. We're praying for your speedy recovery, Yilma. Hopefully you feel better. Um, it definitely is connected every time we, you know, record a podcast. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, I got to talk to Mitch yeah. and Aldo again. <laughs> oh, I think I feel a migraine coming on. Oh, I feel a migraine coming on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so all Yelma is not with us. So it's Aldo and myself here today. And we're excited to be back here and record another episode. Um, got a little green tea going. Uh, you like my new mug? Check it out. Well, okay. <laughs> for everybody watching on YouTube, it's a pretty sick Brizic mug. mug. I got it in Quebec. Uh, but yes, we're excited to be chatting because we've got a guest on the show here who we've uh, uh, wanted to have on for a little while now. And uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful fella. Uh, Elf, uh, Ethan. I almost said Elfin. Ethan is the community marketing manager for Reddington and Rio Products. Uh, his fishing career has spanned from guide to shop dog to waiter model um, and uh, to competitive angler. Originally, he's from upstate New York, uh, and his roots were planted in the Catskills on the Delaware River uh, and the Tribs of Lake Ontario, as well as small spring creeks and freestone streams in central New York. And he's when he's not out on the water, you can find Ethan at a cocktail joint, a coffee bar, or trying to rock climb somewhere. And I've been seeing all your rock climbing recently on Instagram, and you're looking like you're getting pretty good good uh welcome to the show ethan thanks you guys so much for having me um of course just want to say we could rename this three white guys with beards um, <laughs> true maybe Yoma was just intimidated by all the beards <laughs> yeah but... he's got a pretty good, good beard, beard man he's okay beard. okay yeah um yeah we first met uh ethan you know um in mm -hmm. i would say it was january 2022 mm -hmm. uh, just as the pandemic was well, at least you know Canada, anyway, was definitely in more lockdown than uh, the States. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, Ethan supported our very first trip to the Bahamas. And, you know, we've been working together ever since. And, you know, it's obviously really cool to get to try out lots of gear. But I think, Ethan, what you've done really awesome for us is is, is give us stuff for giveaways and, and, and support our educational uh, days with BGOW yep. and Men on the Move and, and our conservation efforts. So... You know, Ethan, it's awesome to have you on the show because you've been helping us out a lot over the last year and you've got a, such a cool backstory that I think people need to hear about. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. It's been awesome working with you guys. And like my title is community manager and 
you guys are doing such a great job with Toronto and it's just awesome to see like the evolution of anglers in Toronto and the amount of people you're getting into sport and attracting into the sport. And like my biggest thing is that fly fishing shouldn't be intimidating to anyone. So anything we can do to like get more people involved, then it's a win. Well, Reddington, yeah, Reddington's doing a great job of that in general and Rio. I mean, all of Firebank's brands, but, um, but yeah, super stoked. Uh, to have yeah. uh, to have met and gotten to fish together in Montana, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, and yeah. uh, touch on all kinds of stuff in Rochester, and you know, yeah, we got we have roots, you know, we we fish Lake Ontario trips. Yeah. You fish different Lake Ontario trips, so it's cool. It's cool. There's a lot to lot to, a lot of ground to cover today for yeah. sure. Yeah, but like, Sweet. where where are you calling in from first and foremost, Ethan? Yeah, so I'm actually at the Far Bank office in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, our original office was on Bainbridge Island, which is just a ferry ride across the Puget Sound. So cool. Um, yeah, they opened a Seattle office just because a lot of people want to live in the city, obviously, and not necessarily on a small island. Right. Um, so, yeah, two years ago, I moved out here from upstate New York because of this job. Um, don't, the West is super cool. I'll never go back. Sorry, East Coast. No offense. I grew up <laughs> there. I love it. No offense to you guys, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. West is cool, man. The, I can go up on like our roof here and see Mount Rainier on clear days and there's just, you know, nothing like it. It's tough to beat that. Yeah. It's pretty fair. I mean, uh, especially from being out East, you know, our area of the East. Cause it's, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's scenic in a different way. You know, I think you've got Epic scenery there. Whereas here it's sort of more, um, homey, quaint scenery. Yeah. 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 A little more hilly. Or, a little Equally hilly. Green. Yeah. yeah. Equally green. Yep. You have to appreciate the deep dark woods if you're from where we're from, like the Adirondacks yeah. and and Northern Ontario. Yeah. You know, that's Tannic that's water the, everywhere. That's what makes it special here. You know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the never. Hundred uh, percent. Well, why don't we go back then to cool. where you started to get into fishing? Then, so you know, instead of uh, we'll we'll kind of track the whole thing. But how did it begin out in uh, in New York all those years ago? Yeah, um, I have an older brother. Like going way back who's 10 years older than me, his nickname in high school was Orvis because he always got the Orvis catalogs back in like the 90s. Hilarious. Um, I love those things. Yeah. The Jay Peterman catalog of fly fishing. (laughs) (laughs) I like very vaguely remember those like... Oh man, they're like burned into my brain, man. (laughs) (laughs) I love those things. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was spin fishing. I saw him like get into it a little bit. So I asked him to take me out. So he like handed me a rod in the middle of this overgrown river and was like, good luck and proceeded to like leave me and catch fish. Um, and nice. then just started to kind of get into it in my own, uh, found the competitive scene. Cause I was like, I suck at fishing. I want to learn more. Like, how do I get better? Right. I went and judged a tournament, got into that. And since then it just, you know, kind of blew up from there mm. to working at a shop, how- to guiding and all that stuff. How does one judge a tournament before being a competitive angler yeah like back in the day they now it's like competitors judge other competitors and score everything back in the day when it was like kind of just starting in the u.s um for big tournaments they'd try to get volunteers to like take the actual scores and all that kind of stuff um Mm. but now you know like who has time to do that (laughs) (laughs) and it's very nerdy and it's like a very small group so we just judge each other most of the time nice yeah yeah yeah, competitive. Um, yeah, I saw those guys catch like 30 fish in an hour and I was like, whoa, they're yeah. different things to learn. Yeah, exactly. It's like competitive angling is, it's funny that you almost like you started in competitive angling as a way to kind of learn more about the sport. Cause, uh, you know, I think it, competitive angling could be kind of intimidating to people starting out, you know? 
Yeah, no, totally. Um, but that group, like early on, and I don't think there's as much of a misconception now as there used to be, but early on it was very looked down upon. Euronymphing was like the worst. Now Euronymphing is like second or third best selling rod for a lot of companies. Right. Um, right. But the thing that attracted me to it is everyone was super nice and like people were willing to share information and teach me things and show me their favorite dry dropper setup and like how to fish different things. And yeah. um, that's just what always attracted me to it. And I still have tons of friends uh, in, in that realm. Yeah, that's cool. No, it's super cool. Yeah. Okay, so then from there, how did it sort of grow and when did you uh, make your way out west? Yeah. Um, so from there, uh, I moved, ended up moving to Rochester with a former partner and, um, started working at the Orvis store there and then started mm. guiding as well locally and like in the Catskills a little bit, hosting trips, uh, doing some tributary stuff. Yeah. Um, and then randomly I just saw this job post came up, uh, and like this, I knew this is like what I always wanted to do. Um, so I had done a lot of grassroots like marketing and kind of learned how to do entry-level marketing stuff there and i've always been an english major and a writer um so yeah i applied for the farming job got it moved three thousand miles with a u-haul my truck a dog 30 <laughs> house plants <laughs> and uh now we're here nice yeah um how long did you got how long did you guide for like in, and it was only guiding in in and around rochester kind of thing yeah, like I did I did some trips and like some individual trips in the Catskills. I was just going to mm -hmm. start being like a full-time tributaries guide as I was leaving. Um, my first year, I maybe did like 20 trips. My second year, maybe 40 to 60. Um, so not a full-time guide necessarily while working in the store, but yeah. Right, and then while you're working for Orvis, I mean, I'm going off of, you've, you mentioned it in your cheeky bio, but like... yeah. You are the waiter model for currently for Orvis waiters while yeah. also working at Farbank. <laughs> yeah. So were you, I know you were working at the, that, that actually that Orvis store in Buffalo is pretty awesome. Mm. Nice. And, and, um, is that the one you're working for? You're working for a different one. The Rochester. The Rochester store. Yeah. So, and then did you work at corporate Orvis at all or did that feed into that at all? No, I just ended up doing, um, like a shoot for them, like out of nowhere when I was on the Delaware river. Oh, gotcha. Trip. They're like, Hey, we need someone to do this early morning modeling. And they asked me and it's like, cool. That's awesome. Little did I know I'd still be in ads four years later while working for their biggest competitor. <laughs> <laughs> they come up sometimes on my feet. I'm like, Oh, yo, <laughs> it's Ethan. It's awesome. It's Ethan. That's yeah. awesome. My mom will uh, go to the, like the Orvis store in Manchester and like take pictures of me next to posters in the Manchester store. It's awesome. super embarrassing. Nice. Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what moms are for. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's great. Oh, so what? When you moved out west, then what were like? Had you ever been out west before, or was this like your first time? Uh, I'd been to like LA a little bit. Okay, um, mm -hmm. so I went to soccer camp there, and uh, my brother lived there Ooh. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, but no, this is my first time out west. I came out here to look at apartments one weekend, and I just it's like cool. That was three days in Seattle. I'm like looks cool and then moved so yeah i knew nothing about the west fishing i mean i knew like what everyone else knew but yeah 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 yeah. you went to soccer I camp in la yeah <laughs> that's that's crazy with david beckham <laughs> no 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 damn it damn it sounds like that's yeah. that is where david beckham would be playing soccer is la i think you know well i mean that he that's where he started his yeah. North oh, american yeah? career I don't know shit about soccer ethan but you know if yelma was here he does know a lot that's about fine. soccer you could have been uh damn it yelma 
damn it, Soccer cast. Yeah. Simon was actually Soccer. here earlier, and he's a Liverpool fan, and I'm a Chelsea plant fan, and we're playing Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he just left, or I would have told him to say hi. But. <laughs> In the very early days of SoFly, so this is going to be episode 149, which is crazy, but Simon came on the show when we were still using phones <laughs> for call-ins. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa, dude! Yeah. And which was which was which was awesome that uh, that he came on the show so soon. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, he won't remember us, but tell him we say hi. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I just talked to him. He, he oh does. yeah, he remembers you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um, rewinding just a little bit before yeah. the guiding. Do you remember your first fish on the fly rod? Um, kind of, probably not. Honestly. Like, I remember my first real, like, 20-inch fish. Okay. Um, mm. But my first fish was behind, like, this factory in this town I grew up in, and, like, this super muddy creek that was way more suited to carp, and I wish I knew about, like, carp on the fly then. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it was probably, like, a really not great-looking stockfish. I don't want to hate on stockfish too sure. much. But, um, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't, like, anything noteworthy. Um, but yeah, my first big fish was from like my favorite freestone stream. And I'd always heard about these like 20 to 30 inches that were in there. Um, found it behind this giant rock. And every time I go back to that rock, I catch a fish in like the same range, which is crazy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Is this back in the Catskills? This is central New York. Yep. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, Like 30 minutes nice. from where I grew up and I had no idea that like this place existed. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. You remember your first big fish, you know. I think it speaks to like the almost the kind of angler you are, you know, because you're, uh, you know, like you said, you know, you went into competitive angling. It's obviously, you know, like guided your life, you know, like uh, that that catching that big fish is now you're out west and working for yeah. a fishing company, you know. Um, it's cool yeah. that you know it had that effect on you. Yeah, I mean, not many people like get to say they do what their passion is and like have done all facets of it um yeah. so i'm like super lucky and like this job doesn't there are not many of this position in in the fly fishing industry so for sure I'm super for sure. fortunate yeah and so for people like at home listening that are like interested in getting into uh fishing business uh it's probably awesome you fish all the time and it's like super fun and like not a lot of work right <laughs> <laughs> uh, the exact opposite of everything you just said, except it right is on. fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, um, it is funny when you get into the industry, you definitely fish less. Um, yeah. Biggest change coming to Washington, besides like the rain uh, in Seattle, um, there actually like aren't a ton of accessible fisheries nearby. Uh, there's one small stream that's only open for three months in the summer yeah. uh, that has like good amount of trout. But because of kind of our steelhead issues, a lot of things are just closed all year. Oh, wow. Right. Um, so you really have to travel to, like, get to a trout stream. You know, it's funny why oh, wow. uh, I kind of gestured, and if you're watching YouTube, I was like, well, because uh, I got the same sense. Obviously, Vancouver's not very far from Seattle. It was my first time in Vancouver last fall. And I kind of mm. got the same thing, too. We're like, yeah, you're on the ocean, surrounded by mountains and all this yada, yada, yada. But it didn't seem like you could – fishing was, like – like right Something there that was like right there you know right um which i found interesting because i mean you're on the coast you know yeah yeah i mean it used to be obviously you know like 20 right. however many years ago but right yeah just um tougher times like portland down south there's a lot more accessible like trout fishing mm-hmm. so you have the deschutes and you have all these other streams that are doing a little bit better mm-hmm. um here we have the yakima that's like our big blue ribbon trout mm-hmm. fishery um but that's three hours away east Wow. So, or two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a yeah. bit of a drive, yeah. 
a bit of a yeah. drive for sure. Yeah. Um, it's steelhead aside, is there any other like kind of opportunity within Seattle? Cool. Uh, yeah. And forgive um, the forgive the ignorance. No, no, no. Uh, I'm still learning a ton about the area too. There, are, the one cool thing I love still water fishing, and there wasn't quite as much opportunity in New York as there is here. Um, so within like an hour and a half, two hours, there's tons of good still water fishing if you have a boat um or a belly boat or whatever i hate belly boats but um some kind of floating device um right so that's been super fun yeah and uh right down by simon who's like an incredible stillwater angler mm-hmm. he's a great lake so going to fish that with him is cool nice super cool yeah um when you were competitive angling so just flowing from the stillwater thing did you compete in in stillwater comps or just or just mo- or or just uh river comps uh both Sometimes they're combined too. Um, mm. I'm actually going to national, I'm not competing, but I'm going to national championships in Bend uh, to do some filming and like meet up with some friends at the end of the month. And it's nice. uh, on the Deschutes and then a couple lakes as well. Um, I love lakes, so I'm not the greatest stillwater angler, but like, man, do fish fight hard in lakes if they're wild and they're super fun and they just go crazy, uh, especially rainbows. Um, and uh yeah my first big tournament ever was national championships in 2015 in lake placid um so we fished oh, the nice. sable which i actually did really well on and we fished um seneca river i think <clears throat> if i remember and then like two lakes and i like won both my river sessions and then got like last on both the lakes <laughs> uh, Shit. yeah um but yeah, there's also like all the high alpine lakes in the summer, which are super, super cool if you're willing to hike right. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Does that can kind of, can you see you fusing your love of rock climbing or bouldering or whatever with high alpine fishing? Yes. I already yeah. kind of have. We did, uh, I did with my friend Allie, who you guys have met, and my coworker. Um, we did like 50-ish miles on the PCT, and there was tons of cool boulders, but, you know, you're hiking wow. 50 miles in four days, so we just fished and did that, um, which is super, super fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like an adventure. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, well, now that we've kind of got a sense of, you know, who you are as an angler, uh, where you come from, where you are now... Um, yeah, why don't we just kind of talk a little bit about? You said something earlier, which was kind of interesting to me. You know, like you're so you're working at a fishing company. Obviously, you have lots of insights into like the fishing trends, and we talk a lot about, you know, on this show where fly fishing has come from, where it's going. And you said something interesting about just as one example, Euro nymphing rods. You know, you said back in the day they were kind of like not the thing to use, and now they're like the most pop, one of the most popular thing. What? Why were they not popular back in the day, and why have they taken off? Um, I think you know fly fishing is even within the outdoor industry is very slow to catch on and like a very slow moving ship to like, they don't deal with change as quickly maybe as some other industries. Cause right. we're just kind of, it's such a weird mix of like, now I'm, I feel like a lot more younger people are getting into it because of the fun of it. Where like back right. then it was definitely like an old white guy sport. Like yeah. you weren't 60 driving a Subaru. Um, and then, you know, had, you know, quite a bit of money, like you weren't going to get into it. Um, but like David, our friend at very good fly fishing, like I definitely view him and like his generation as a future, you know, he bought a cheap rod, lived in the city, just like started to get into it by himself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as that relates to your own thing, like 10 to 15 years ago, like competitive fly fishing, you know, people just didn't, didn't like the idea of it. 
And, you know, to be fair to them, I, if, I guess if you hear that as a first thing, like it kind of seems like the exact opposite of why you want to fly fish. Like right. it's for relaxation and hanging out and meeting friends and going to these epic places, not like how many fish you can catch and competing against other people. Yeah. Um, but that whole thing too is like you're really competing against yourself, not other people when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, back to your own thing, like all that stuff was super frowned upon, like blogs. I got called all these things on blogs back in the day when I talked about it. Yeah. Like when those were a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Someone wanted to fight me once and like I've never been in a fight in my life. I have no interest in that. I love that um, that's but, like, the one fight in your life. talk about it. The one fight yeah. in your life would be over your own thing. Yeah. It's like over fishing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. If I see a tight line <laughs> on my river, kick your, yeah. ass. Kick your butt. <laughs> exactly. Dead serious. Like yeah. cider people. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's just like the older generations not catching on. And then when I was working in the store, uh, you know, it was all those same people who hated it, who are coming to buy the rods in the last three years. Cause they just right. see how effective <clears throat> it is. What was it about? Just something, it was just because it was new, like change or or maybe like it was, was there something about the technique that threw people off? The fact that you can catch so many fish? You know what, you know what I, I mean? Think, I think there was like a little disbelief that people were catching that many fish. Right. I think it's because you're not back then necessarily using the fly line. Was it really fly fishing? Um, right. We're now like in competition, you actually have to have fly line in your rod for it to count mm-hmm. um, and, and mm. that kind of stuff. Um and then, yeah, people are just adverse to change. You know, they've done this thing a certain way for 40 years. They see someone come in and do it differently and they're just intimidated or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So now it's like Euro nymphing and I'm just using Euro as an example because it's like relatively new-ish and, you know, I think it's like a cool, it's kind of a cool way to like, it's a good like metaphor almost to just look at how the industry might be changing. And that's why I want to talk to you about it because you're the industry pro. Um, like, you know, why is your nymphing picking up now and, and who are the people doing it? You mentioned obviously a lot of those older people now that were like, you know, bashing it, but like, is it, is it, is it a sign that there's like the, the industry is changing for the better? You know, the fact that something like your nymphing is taking off. Uh, I think it's just a technique that's been adopted and I think it's at like its peak at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know that mm-hmm. it'll ever really take off anymore. Like if competitive angling had really taken off, I could have seen it going a different direction, mm-hmm. but it's just so boring to watch unless you're like a mega nerd. Right. Um, right. Just like, you know, it's almost more interesting to talk about than it is to watch. Yeah. yeah Cause exactly. you can go down the rabbit hole of like leader setups and right. You know, yeah. Technique fly design, fly weight, you know, yeah. design, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. and especially yeah. when it comes to still water angling, like, I am also a poor steel water angler, <laughs> at least for trout. So like, I think there's a lot for me personally to learn there mm-hmm. with like sinking rates and fly design and leader setup, et cetera. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's interesting to me, like how much fly fishing has changed over the last 15 years, you know, like, yeah, like it's crazy, man. Like even stuff like your or just like the versatility of products that exist for so many different types of fishing. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool. You know, like it's great. Reddington's obviously doing a great job catering to it, of course. Try. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I think is cool is like, I think Ethan, you said some, I think you, when you said it's like, it's another, it's, it's a, it's a great technique. Like it's past the point of, I want to say a fad. And now it's just like a, something that For the you arsenal. can choose to do or not. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know. Like it's like having a pitching wedge in your, 
golf bag. I don't golf. I don't know what that means, but like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's like having, you know, like I'll bring, if I can, like, you know, if it's not too much of a pain in the ass, like, you know, I'll bring a Euro rod and a streamer rod and a, you know, or, or a rod that can do dry flies or something. And then that way I know I've got, um, obviously privileged to have multiple rods in my life, but like, um, but if you can, like, it is cool to know, to know that, or even if to, to know the leader setup, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think I'm like, what I'm saying is like it's interesting. To, I guess to put, touch on both your points, like yes, Mitch, it's 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 cool to see how um, this obscure thing exploded and then kind of turned into a fad that people made fun of. Yeah. But now it seems to be leveling out to something where it's like, oh, it's just a te- it's a it's it's a yet another technique. Well, and like fly fishing in general, right? Like fly fishing in general is just like kind of so different than it was, right? Back in the day when we all worked in shops, even. Yeah, like yeah. I worked in a shop in my teens. Mitch worked in a shop in his teens. Yeah. And like when a bass line came out, that was like paradigm shifting. Or when like that shark skin fly line came out, you know? It was like, whoa, yeah. what? And then people cut in their hands on it. And it's like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling you, yeah, that stuff was difficult, but. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like first picking up like an airflow line with the. Uh, with the like the ridge line, you yeah, know, like that was all that kind of stuff was really cool. Fly fishing you know? innovation, yeah, yeah. I just think um, the ex- accessibility has like gotten so much greater since when I started, and like yeah. how, like when I started, I was like ready to quit because I hated the books on fly fishing. Like I couldn't get anyone to take me. Right. YouTube wasn't really a thing when I started. Like there was yeah. very little Same, information, yeah. mm-hmm. and now like you can just go online or like fly shops are much better at dealing with different types of people. Um, which is sad to say that they used to have a hard time doing that. Um, but like, it's just become much easier and for the better, like everyone should be able to do this if they want to do this. Totally. Totally. Um, now that there is a bunch of content and you know, you are a community manager, maybe first, what does a community manager do for those that don't know? Second, like, what do you value in, in content? Like not only just for, not only just for Reddington and Rio, but like in your own life, like what do you find useful? Like sure. Content to consume, you know, like, um, I'll start with the content thing. Cause that's, I think a little easier. Um, yeah. And then I'll go back into like what I do. Um, I don't know. I am always looking for people doing things differently or like, um, maybe attracting like a different crowd than normally endemic to fly fishing. So like David Gravit is like one of our ambassadors we work with. He's a great example, like pro skateboarder, super gnarly dude. Um, like not, I don't think generally fly anglers see themselves as like skateboarders that often or like that alternative crowd. Yeah. Um, so whether that's it or someone like Demisha, who's just building a community in Toronto and bringing in a whole new group of people that maybe weren't comfortable with fly fishing before. So I, I personally like in content and just in people, I look for people doing things differently. Um, and whether that is, you know, attracting a new group to fly fishing or, you know, just creating super fun, interesting content like you guys, which is why I started, I found you guys and started working with you guys. Like, um, I definitely don't, you know, Rhea, it's weird splitting between brands because they have very different voices. Like Reddington, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for people having fun who are more interested in 
the journey necessarily than just the fishing. Like, uh, I think it's safe to say like the Reddington crew of people that we have on shoots is probably like the most fun shoot crew in the industry. I'm just going to say it. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, all the people are awesome. Everyone I met has like been really, really great to work with. And that's like the lifeblood of my job and make it, what makes it so awesome are the people I get to work with. Um, yep. And then where Rio is a little different, I'm looking for more of like the pro guide people who can really understand and fine tune their rigs and differences between lines, rod, reels, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like a more educational aspect. Yeah, that as well, for sure. Yeah. Because um, Rio has a lot of great videos, thanks to Simon. And yeah, like Chris Simon's videos are f- sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is the greatest teacher of all time. Like he is so good. If you ever have the chance to take his class in person, uh, do it. And he is so generous and so such a, just a great person to be around. I mean, I'd pay to hang out with him. Like he's that fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny speaking about like YouTube not existing back in the day. I remember having DVDs of Simon, like teaching me how to spay cast, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we have one downstairs. I can, with that old Rio logo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I love that logo. I'm trying to get us to bring it back. So, (laughs) well, I'm all, yeah, you know, we love retro stuff. So Um, argument here, (laughs) going back to like my own job. Uh, so a lot of it is collecting and creating content. So like working with you guys or David or some of our, uh, like Ben crash hours to the shoot for us. Um, so that is like a big part of my job. Uh, I run our social media and our email. Um, I also help plan out our campaigns like seasonal, um, product, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, work with our PR work with like non-for-profit groups for certain things. Um, so you could say like I'm the utility, person of marketing yeah like yeah. just do a little bit of everything swiss army knife yeah yeah that's cool i think it's important for yeah. people to hear this because like i mean well maybe it's maybe it's common knowledge now but you know when i was in high school <laughs> <laughs> but seriously when i was in high school in ottawa and maybe this is just an ottawa thing because it's a government town but they never like a, a guidance counselor never like put a commercial in front of me and was like hey somebody had to write that shoot that think of the idea and those are all jobs you know and and i didn't know that (laughs) really until i mean i kind of knew and then you watch mad men and then you got into whatever it is that mitch yelman i do now (laughs) which i don't even really know what it is but but we make ads which one of you is don draper that is the question (laughs) probably yeah yeah probably yelma yeah although he's not he's not a sociopath so right i mean I guess I'm the meanest one, so in that regard, I always saw myself as Roger. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think it's it's cool that like you know, there are more, there are a lot of jobs in fly fishing, and 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 whether you're working for a sunglass company or 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 a rod and reel manufacturer, line manufacturer, like you know, it's not just guide guiding that you can you know. Yeah, have. I mean, there's yeah. product management, there's accounting, even though that's like not flashy, <clears throat> but like there's something you're yeah. into where you can work for an outdoor company for sure. Um, yeah. And yeah. when I was like a young and starry-eyed angler, obsessed and wanted to always have a job in fly fishing, like I had, I had no idea this job existed. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. it is possible. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's good. Yeah, for sure, it's a good thing to call out. Um, okay, why don't we talk a little bit about some of your adventures? Okay, because you've gone on some pretty good ones with the Reddington crew yeah. recently um, in uh, Durango. I know we talked to David about that last episode, but. Uh, 
but yeah, where's some of your favorite spots been over the last few years? Um, so let's see back out East. Like I'll go back a little bit, definitely like the Delaware river. That place is magical and very special. Um, just the sheer volume of like crazy dry fly eats I've seen, um, really? competed in the one really bug fish years that. ago. You should go on like the one bug. Uh, so it's like a tournament. Is it exactly what it sounds like? Yeah. It benefits the Delaware river, uh, conservation group. I can't remember the name. Um, but my boat partner, we got like within 15 feet of these two rising brown trout and like pretty still water. If you're not familiar with the Delaware, big tailwater, pretty still, super technical, like eat late summer. And it's like not exaggerating. You're making 50 foot like reachman cast to get to these fish. Yeah. With like a 12 Jeez. foot plus long leader. Jesus. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, so it's super fun. Um, but my boat partner caught two 20 plus fish in a row on drys that were right next to each other. And like, that was one of the coolest things I've seen. Dang. Um, but Delaware, say, like, yeah. How have we known? I, I could see, I could see Mitch. I could see Mitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that sounds <laughs> cool. Maps. I, I, yeah. I'm yeah. looking up the maps right now. I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. I'll send them to you that, later. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. Thank you, sir. That I will say, <laughs> sure. like, I think that I feel like that's something that's close enough to us. Yeah. That, it's one of those things that we need to experience. Yeah, I can totally. tell you where to stay too. There's this really cool. Okay, um, right on. It's really cool. You can camp right on the river. It's on the East Branch. Um, they have really good food. It's kind of they have this old sign of this guy fly fishing that's like neon um, from like the 50s, which is oh, super that's cool. rad. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, I've always wanted. It might be a Reddington trip in the future. But oh, see. that's cool. Yeah. Like you can oh. catch big fish on streamers there. Uh, later in the summer, you can have like seven different hatches going off at the same time and see a hundred fish rising, and they Jeez. won't eat anything you throw at them. All right? Yeah. Um, Are these all wild fish or naturalized? Uh, yeah. Oh my yep. god! Wow. And actually, Sick. I think it was Cornell did a study on the Delaware rainbows because they actually like uh, developed like a genetic difference from normal rainbow trout, and then they can deal with warmer temperature. Interesting. Delaware rainbow trout are also like some of the hardest fighting strain of rainbows I've ever come across. They're like more football shaped, it seems too. Um, Like a 14 inch Delaware rainbow, I will take almost over like any trout. They're so fun. Wow. So they're like, yeah, they can handle higher temperatures. That's really cool. That's kind of an interesting thing for trout. Yeah. I'm just looking up that study. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just looking at the river. I want to go fish the Delaware. You said March is the time to do it? <laughs> I think I saw Mitch drool a little bit right there. Um, March yeah. well, is really tough. Like, it was snowing when that happened, but right, that's cool, when man. you can get, like, the big fish to eat March. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and where... Sorry, what town is this near? Uh, like, Hancock. <laughs> deposit. Uh, in those towns. Okay. In, in Pennsylvania? Uh, they do go into Pennsylvania, but if you have a New York license, it it's a border water, so you're good. Oh, okay. So like, so yep. go go to uh, New I York. See. I guess we would have to cross. Well, we would cross to Niagara Falls. Yeah, and, and make our way like three and a half, four hours from there. That's not oh. that far at all. Yeah, it's not really that far. Let's go after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll okay. be there. <laughs> uh, there's a really good ant hatch at the end of this month in like september that's probably oh, like shit. one of my favorites to fish oh shit ants yeah, yeah. that's cool yep. ants uh when we Anyways. went to montana last year uh speaking of trips <laughs> yeah. uh was that your first time to montana yeah oh no way it was oh no 
That's awesome. Yeah, um, awesome. You know, tough sledding. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, we call hot, it fish, hot. but we caught fi- we caught like fish. What you'd expect maybe for Montana? Definitely not. Except for when we were on the Missouri, that was amazing. That was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Yeah. Even if we never hooked a fish, which Spotting them. is impossible, yeah. you yeah. floating over that amount of not even fish you want. I mean, they're all fish you want to catch, but like just seeing that much life in a river is was wild to me. Yeah, I don't know what it was like for you, but uh, uh, wild. No, it was it was mind blowing. Like I didn't think that could exist uh, in that big of river and like that size of fish. Um, like Mario and I had fish like eating streamers like dries once in a while. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was Buck, man. That was that was really crazy. Montana was great. And then recently you did, uh, yeah, Colorado, right? Yeah, uh, I first time in Colorado also. Um, cool. So, yeah, we met up with Ben and Anna uh, in Durango, and they were awesome hosts. Uh, we did a really small mountain stream, like 10,000 feet up in Silverton the first day. That was, like, so scenic. Super you couldn't cool. take a bad picture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ran into two moose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. And then we went down and fished this lake that hasn't been open in four years called, I think, um, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But anyways, uh, we ended up on like a party barge, like floating around to different spots and getting dropped off. Uh, and like the average size of fish there was like 16 to 18 inches. And a couple Sick. people got wow. some that were like 25 to 30. Dang. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we ended up on the Animus on one of the uh, second probably craziest fishing days I've ever seen, uh, streamer-wise. Like, I think we each hooked 30 to 40 fish on streamers and saw a couple 30-inch browns. Um, wow. And Ben and Anna were like, well, look if we catch 10 fish here. Like, we don't know what's going on, but um, it was insane. Um, one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Uh Sorry, I'm going, getting a little long-winded, but there is this thing oh. I have to tell you about that animus float. We saw yeah. a trout that was like saltwater fishing. This brown was chasing this little fish up onto this flat in saltwater, and like the little rainbow was like jumping out of the water to get right away from it. Yeah. And of course, Gene what? and I couldn't get our stuff ready quick enough um, to like cast at it. Um, but that was one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen in my life. So wait, it was a brown chasing a small rainbow and the rainbow was like dolphining out of the water? Yes. And it was in like <laughs> less than a foot of water. Um, and how big was the like rainbow? In salt water. I mean, it was like six inches, but the brown was like 25-ish. Jesus, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. that poor rainbow. <laughs> I, I think it made it. I don't know. They disappeared pretty quick. I think I... I think it may. <laughs> so basically go to Colorado is what I'm putting yeah. together between like I fish the South Platte. Yeah. Oh, sweet. And the frying and the frying pan. And those are amazing rivers. Colorado's nice. banging. It's a cool place. It looks, yeah. I can yeah. see why people want to live there. Uh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Big time. Yeah. And Denver, for your love of cocktails, it's got a good, great cocktail scene. We're all go. cocktail. All, all three of us are cocktail guys. That's okay. right. Yeah. Sweet. We almost yes, had a, we almost had a cocktail outing. Of course, if we had gone out east, but we both fell ill. But. Yeah, both of you guys bailed on me. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't want to fish with you. That was really it. No, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ethan, you were out there recently with Kate and Scotty too, right? Weren't you? You're doing stripers. Uh, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That looked pretty dope too. How about that? That was really fun. Um, yeah. Fishing was super tough. We did the cheeky tournament. 
help okay. support um, striper conservation also. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was super fun. We did get some big fish in the last day. Um, the sage version of me, Alex, who's the community manager, who's from the East Coast, shows up on like the last day to like some random spot and gets into these giant fish. We had been fishing for three days, like two guides, and like got a few here or there. Um, so we went there the last day and got a couple good ones. Um, nice. But I really like that was super fun, and I've never done that type of like fishing before. Um, so it was really really cool. Yeah, yeah, because the, ch- the cheeky tournament's unique in that you can't use a boat, right? Correct. Okay. It's all flats yeah. or whatever from shore. Okay, and you're catching stripers. Yeah. Okay, so it's like almost like, it's like, and you're fishing just like, what water were you fishing? Like, what was the body of water? We did the flats a lot um, on the north side, uh, yeah. just because it was super scenic, and we found like this kind of like... Um, it's not a river, but it's like this part in the flat that like ends up being a channel essentially okay. um, that the fish come into. Um, but the people that one fish the canal. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Westward of the island. Um, but yeah, it was really, I was surprised by the beauty of it. Like it was really pretty um, yeah. and super fun style of fishing. It's, it's yeah. kind of interesting because it's not dissimilar from, well, yeah, it's hard to it, apples and oranges here a little bit, but like it's kind of cool. It's an island in the same way that, you know, where Scotty and Kate are from, uh, yeah, Cape Breton. Well, they're not from there, but you know where we went fishing. Like it's kind of yeah. cool. You're both like sequestered into this like this little island off the end of the that's like jutting out in the Atlantic, which is like it's pretty cool. Totally. I've never been in striper fishing. I really want to go striper fishing. Yeah. That's yeah. me and Mitchie. We got to get that done. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, though Kate and Scotty have, you know, massive <laughs> stripers. Like, I don't know what they're feeding their fish up there, but <laughs> salmon. maybe it's just Kate. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, it's salmon. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, Sorry, no, but salmon. I mean, like, a, a, a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, no, those those ones that are, they're catching closer to their house in Lunenburg are just crazy. Yeah. And they catch them on the swing on the double-handed rod, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. 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 Um, I know at the beginning of the podcast, we kind of made, we're, we're like, oh, you fish all the time, travel? And you're like, no, not really. And we're like, oh, no, this year I went to Montana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like. Well, they still got to fish. They're, but they're not like, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, they're not, I, don't, I mean, I know they're fun, but it's like, it's sun up to sundown work for you. Like you're yeah. putting together, you're putting together a whole trip forever. You had to wrangle 14 of us last yeah. year. Which is not easy, um, especially when we're all hammering beers all day long. You got to try and find fish in a place that you're not from. Make sure you're getting content, you know, working through your shot lists. And that's finding a, lot. a good setting, like, that's almost the hardest part is, like, finding a good background. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's more than community no. management. You're, like, you become, like, a shoot producer. Yeah. Yeah. Really. No, it's, it's definitely, what you're doing. It's definitely work. Um, but it's still, like, again, hanging out with everybody makes it so worth it because it's so mm-hmm. much fun. Um but like I get to fish here and there and I, you know, take photos too. Um, but there is definitely like a big difference between fishing intermittently here or not worrying about it and like going and fishing on my own. Like it's a very different thing because I'm always yeah. on like when I'm on a shoot versus like you just can't turn off in case like, you know, someone gets dehydrated and you have to take them back to the, yeah. um, back to the cabin or like a camera die or, you know, just anything can happen. Yeah, you camera dies or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had just a shoot go super south? Um, no. My I'd say like 
my first one was tougher just because we were trying to get summer content in the winter. So we went to Texas and it was just like hard on the Guadalupe is like a very interesting fishery. Um, but it was just hard to like find a good background there. Um, but it was right. really cool and we had like pretty good guides and like a good crew. Um, but that was like the toughest one, but it wasn't that bad. We got what we needed. Still good. Yeah. 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 No one was eaten by a bear. I mean, if I had gone down in Montana grizzly and gotten eaten by a grizzly, maybe kind of cool, you know? <laughs> maybe that'd be my fishy story for later, too. True. Well, True. Less mitch to a grizzly, but I caught a 22 inch cutthroat. So, yeah. Yeah. win win. I couldn't help The blood moves. really brought up the cut land cut. Land the fish. Or, yeah, save Mitch. Yeah, he started rising yeah. right after. I don't know why. <laughs> we chummed with his blood. Those Montana cutties. Yeah. <laughs> It's got really dark. <laughs> hey, um, without giving away, I mean, any secrets, but like what kind of, uh, switching back to Farbank brain, what trends are you seeing? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you noticing? That's like, kind of like maybe surprising you like, Oh, people are really into bluegill fishing or whatever. We sold more bluegill rods than ever before. I don't know. You know, no, I'm seeing like, something that's surprising. <clears throat> I think a lot more people are getting into saltwater. I think that industry mm-hmm. is going to go pretty grow pretty quickly um it's just becoming like i said earlier much more accessible um i think a lot of companies are marketing that way on purpose uh yeah because like redfish are if you live in that area they're not super hard to get to or striper or you know even tarpon or whatever in florida um so i think the saltwater market is growing um i think other trends like i think there is a younger group that's just like not as worried about high-end gear i mean as much as like i was when i started not to mm-hmm. say that like they're still always gonna people are always gonna buy the best because they can and because mm-hmm. it's fun to fish and whatever yeah um but i think like i'm seeing a lot more people in like the 18 to 24 range get into it because they can afford to right yeah. um i mean back when we were working in fly shops like entry-level stuff was crap yeah straight up it was not good. Yeah. It didn't perform well. The lines didn't perform well. The reels were like... It broke fast, yeah. Um, you know, that's not the case anymore. Like, I don't think. No, no like our Wrangler kit, not to like pump up Reddington, but that thing is sick. Like, the yeah. bass kit performed so well for a bass shoot we just did. And like, yeah. we all were fishing those in Montana and they all did their job great. And like, for a pretty I think the original is rod. awesome too. Yeah. 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 So... It's a good time to be getting into it. There's no question yeah. about it. There's probably never been a better time to get in. No, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's cool. It's interesting about the saltwater thing. I mean, like, Makes you sense. know, certainly what we saw in, when we were in Florida, like, if you have a stand-up paddleboard and you live in South Florida, not that hard to get. You might not get onto the secret flat that, you know, fuck, you know, you the guides run to. out to. But, sure. like, if you... If you live in Miami, you're an hour's drive from the Everglades, and if you have a stand-up paddleboard, like, you can fish Florida Bay. You just sure. can. And, like, I mean, you hook a 100-pound tarpon on a stand-up paddleboard, it's a different set of problems, but <laughs> accessibility isn't it. And even when we were in town, like, you know, like, the canal, all the canals in Miami, they've got, like, snook and yeah, peacock bass and stuff. So that doesn't surprise me about the – it's cool that, that, that that's the case, yeah. you know? And I think anglers are like adopting the evolution of like different species now more too. Like, yeah, I think, and you know, the older generation kind of like stuck to trout, I feel like a little bit. And then went on like the big crazy salmon or like tarpon, tarpon or whatever, yeah. um, right. where like, 
I'm super into carp fishing. It's super fun because it's like as technical as maybe maybe bonefish or something. And it's like, you know, an hour away and I can go have sick carp flats fishing. Yeah. Um, um, but I also really love smallmouth because they fight super hard and they'll eat a popper or streamer and just like mow yeah. it. Um, so I think like the species diversity thing has also gotten a lot bigger. Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's yeah. cool. It's going in the right direction. Next is catfish, yeah. catfish fly fishing, you know? Like it's the noodle fly, it's just somebody's hand. Somebody's hand, hand yeah, you just chuck it under banks. Euro nymph it. It's fly fishing. Is euro nymphing fly fishing noodling? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. No, that doesn't make any sense. Kind of, kind of. Does Nobody it? knows what it means, but it's provocative. Yeah. That's all Nobody we need. Nobody knows what it means. That'll be the soundbite for the show. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, okay, why don't we uh, switch on over to Mitchie's Fishies 5. Um, oh, that time shit. of the show. Got five more yeah, questions that we ask every guest, uh, these same five questions. And we're going to ask them to you now, Ethan. And the first of okay. the Mitchie's Fishies 5 is, what is your favorite fish and why? If you had to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Uh, Atlantic salmon. Uh, landlocked, because that's all I've caught. Oh. Um, that will probably be after my first tattoo this weekend. That will probably be my second tattoo. You got um, your first tattoo. What's your ta- first tattoo? Wait a minute. Hold up. What's your first, What's tattoo? The first tattoo? I'm getting, I'm going to see Casey in Portland from his oh, tattoo sick. artist. Uh, yeah. And I'm getting like a, a half sleeve of the 78th edition of the Hobbit book cover. So if you didn't know, oh, I, I'm a nerd. Uh, you're the, you're so the, yeah, yeah, just you're a, a full half sleeve. Your first tattoo is a half sleeve? Yeah. Of the Hobbit? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's sick. That's going to be rad. That's going to yeah. be awesome. That's It'll sick. be really great. Um, so, yeah, favorite fish is Atlantic salmon. Uh, I love that. Went up to Maine with my brother, uh, catching them on the swing on, like, those classic little Maine, like, um, Mickey fins and, like, black ghosts. It's just so much fun, and they jump and go crazy, and it's just yeah. awesome. They go nuts. Yeah. We caught one in Rochester. Oh, oh yeah. Together. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Sorry, I caught no, one. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we, we we ran into one in, in which was, I was like, whoa, was not expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was cool. They get pretty big too, eh? Like good which size. Also, I can't thank you enough for that trip. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you, you've changed my fall. Like we're for sure in November going to catch Lake Run Browns. Because that was something that we LRBs. used to be able to do on our side of the lake. And unfortunately. People ate them all. People ate them all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't uh, think anyone knows why. Okay, like it's a whole other podcast. knows why. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah. I'm not saying they're all gone, but most it's of not as prevalent as it used to be. Yeah, Western New York is nuts when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I thank you for that. And sure. again, anybody listening in the route, like if you get the chance to catch a lake run brown trout out of Lake Ontario, holy shit, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And eh? sick. Dang. <laughs> yeah, they're huge. Yeah. They're huge. <laughs> well, I've always seen huge. photos of them because I know like the upstate New York things kind of, it's always been Did you see Amber's a, fish? Yeah, oh, Amber's David's? fish was rad and David's too. Yeah. Huge fish. That is so true. Sad. That's what we're going to do this fall. We're going to go. We, absolutely. Like, we're going to go absolutely. to Buffalo. Absolutely. Get some, yeah. get some wings. So thanks for that. But Atlantic sure. Salmon, great answer. Cool. Yeah. Well, all the more nice. reason to visit Caden Scott because the real thing is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to make that happen. Next year. Um, okay, number two of the Mitchie's Fishies Five is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, assuming it's going to be the best trip ever and the fishing conditions are going to be great, where would you go and why? Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the where world. Where are you going? Uh, man, 
probably probably New Zealand just because of the backdrop in the mountains and you know I can high five Frodo on my way over I was just gonna say that's where they yeah, shot yeah, Lord you of the Rings like, yeah, you can just, yeah. just walk around with the half <laughs> I gotta see like, this fuck, this tattoo yeah. man like I can't post some pictures when you this. I will I will Misty yeah, Mountains, are you guys in the technical dry fly fishing <laughs> yeah. like in yeah. New Zealand with that backdrop yeah. like yeah. It seems awesome mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh man one more tattoo aside are you doing the whole thing in one go like and is it color it's black and maybe shaded okay yeah one thing yeah one session. Rock and roll. Rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Number three, New Zealand. Good answer. Number three right. is uh, what is your best or favorite, one of your best or favorite fishing memories? One of your um, best memories. It's actually probably another Atlantic salmon thing. My brother yep. and I were messing around the tribs and the Finger Lakes um, before they kind of are, were repopulated. Yep. And um, got a couple grabs. We we're swinging flies to this stuff, and my brother hooks this like absolute beast of an Atlantic salmon, landlocked, mm. and um, took him like 50 yards downriver. Went full river runs through it. Uh, <laughs> ended up landing it, and like we didn't have a big enough net. And that was the first Atlantic I ever saw, and it was just a huge gnarly fish. And he was stoked. That's cool. And, uh, it was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. A giant landlocked Atlantic. It's pretty yeah. pretty neat. I remember hearing about those landlocked Atlantics when I was younger. I was like, damn, I could go catch Atlantics in, in the does, lakes. Does Ser- uh, Saranac Lake... I thought it did, uh, but... It in, Lake, did. Or in, Le- in Lake Placid have them? Oh, in Lake Placid. I don't know that. Sorry, I was thinking of Seneca, like one of the Finger Lakes. I oh, no, no, no. Like, I, I remember hearing that they were in that lake, but maybe that... Sar- Saranac. I think Champlain they're in. Yeah, I right. think that's yes. what I meant. Yep. That's yeah. 100% what I meant. Yeah, Champlain. Yep. It's cool. I think cool. they're starting to come back from what I heard, but I haven't Rad. been in a little while. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I love it. Um, okay, number four is why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Why do you keep going back out and, and doing it? Well, it's my job, so I have to. Um, <laughs> right. That's a good point, um, actually. Yeah. A paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the lights on. I mean, it used to be to catch fish, you know, as we all start, but I think now it's like time on the water spent with people. It's like yeah. just the best memories I've had are like spending time on the water and getting to hang out with cool people and learning their stories and um, making like yeah. lifelong connections. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I love catching fish. Don't get me wrong. Like you guys have seen me get probably in the zone a little bit. And yeah. Well, you're really good at it. Shit <laughs> happen, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like meeting people and hanging out. Oh, that's I a think great that's answer, what, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great answer. I think that's what it is for me too. I don't know if I, I still like fishing by myself, but yeah, maybe not as much as I used to. Yeah, yeah, and like going on trips and adventures with people, like, like fly fishing doesn't have to be like a, an adventure trip thing, but like it's really fun when you do a whole trip or adventure just around fishing. You know, like there's something really exciting about that. Um, well, honestly, even you know, if it's even if it's like friends, you know, that night you and Nick. Uh, Nick's one of our friends owns a, a cocktail bar here, and right, uh, he, he owns the event space. We do our fundraisers at. Yeah. Anyway, he's turned into a good friend, and and uh, you know they had a hilarious story where they like Mitch and Nick just fished a bike, storm biking pond. around, fished a storm pond downtown, downtown and got a carp like <laughs> on, a dry, on a dry fly. Nice. <laughs> Nick's know, like even... Cass. I'm like, nah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm not know. standing <laughs> in that water. Nick's like in it, like up to his knees. It's just like the <sighs> most gross water you've ever seen. But he, but there was a carp rising. Yeah, was, that's a good. That's a good. That was a good time. You know, the stories <laughs> that that in and of itself is an adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't have to fly to Montana. No, it's true. Um. 
Okay, number five, Mitch's Fishies Five. The last one is if you were a fly, what would you be? What fly pattern represents you best and why? Oh, that's a tough one. I should have prepared for this one a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I don't know. Maybe like, maybe like a gray ghost, just because I think that'd be like oh, a cool. That's cool superhero name good. too. Like the yeah, gray that's ghost. a good superhero um, name. <laughs> yeah, that is a good. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it's got a little flash to it, but it it you know can be fished in a bunch of different ways and um, it's a classic i'm yep. like the utility marketing person and i like all different right. types of fly fishing and the gray ghost can kind of do most of that i guess it can't be nymph but i don't know i just like the gray ghost nice it's fun to that's a good answer yeah. i don't know if anyone's ever said that before so i don't think anybody's ever said that either one so. day ethan <laughs> with the funding from Farbank, is we're gonna make a book of <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we do want to make a book one day of yeah. everybody's answer Awesome. I love it. Sick. Great ghost, though. That's awesome. Yeah. Great ghost. Great ghost. Um, I was going to say Paradigon. That, oh, see, yeah. that's what came to my It did come to my head. I was like, I thought maybe that would be you because every time we fish, I'm always watching your Euro Nymph. Maybe yeah. like six years ago, I would have been Paradigon, but I think now we're shifting into the, the mid 30s. So Into your mid 30s, Great Ghost yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple. <laughs> There's a few in there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I had a fun. I have, I have, I have like a like a a bonus question here. Yeah. What's your favorite rod? Ooh. What's what's the rod that you just and Mitch, you can answer this too. What's the rod? Actually, you already know Mitch's answers, but what's yeah. what's like your favorite rod that you're always like that? I love I love when I get to use this thing. Probably like a four weight ten foot. Um, oh, if you want, like, um, yeah, you can just like. On the Delaware, it's like the perfect boat dry fly rod. You can urine nymph with it. You can like mend indicators with it. You can throw little streamers with it if you have to. Like that was my all around go to rod for sure. Um, and my first one was like a Sage X that I got in that um, before yeah, right I went to Farbank. Um, and that rod was awesome. Um, Do you still have it? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Like, did yeah. you sell it or did it break or something? No, I gave it to my friend. Oh, okay. All right. I have yeah. enough rods right now. Yeah, fair enough. It's yeah, not, for sure. Not hard to find. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I know, Mitch, you? My favorite rod? I mean, it's nine foot eight weight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or four it's foot ten bamboo. weight. Okay. Yeah, four foot ten it's, weight. No, it's a four foot water guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Nice bait casting reel on there, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next thing he's going to say he's a centerpinner or something. And then... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a whole bunch of other Sorry, problems. Sorry, No, Mitch, if, all if, fishing if is any... cool. All fishing is cool. Except fly fishing is better, but all fishing is cool. Yeah. Um, if, if anybody knows Mitch, he'll say, the only rod in the world you ever need. Nine foot eight weight. You can do everything with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not as good an angler as Ethan. Ethan's like a 10 foot four weight. I mean, that sounds so much more like, oh, you're, you're doing it's very, shit. It's very elegant. Yeah, you're doing yeah. stuff with that, you know? Yeah, sure. it's good. What about you, Aldo? Hmm. Ten foot seven weight. I, honestly, I think so, man. That'd be I mean, my second choice. Yeah, I the think type it's. Of stuff I, I'm or I'm starting to like. I'm starting to really like um, even lighter, like a ten foot six weight. Yeah. Yeah. Ten foot six weight is a nice. That's a great, Great Lakes <clears> rod. <throat> I think for around here, like the like the tr- sorry the Great Lakes tribs. Yeah. I think you could swing with it. You can nymph with it. You can euro nymph with it, mm-hmm. uh, like on the on the big head. 
up here for a steelhead, mm. like Euro nymphing with steelhead. Yeah. It's a great rod out of the canoe for bass and stuff. It's a great rod. Great rod yeah, for it's still a, water. It's a great it's rod for still water. Yeah. It's just, it's a ten foot, especially for someone who's five six like me, like yeah. out of a out of a watermaster or something. True. It makes good all shit. the diff. Yeah. It does. It's it's uh yeah ten foot seven or ten foot six is is one of my favorite. Sweet. So there you go. There you hear it. Favorite favorite. Here, here first the three rods you need. Two a ten, ten foots, foots and a nine foot eight. Honestly, if you had a ten foot six, a nine foot eight weight, and a ten foot four weight. Not much you can't fish. No, you're covered in that scenario. No, you're covered. I love it. Well, Ethan, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for your time, man. Uh, I know you're, you're like, uh, you know, you're at work busy, and stuff, so we'll let you get back to work. But I mean, this is my job, also. I'm true. So. True. Yeah. That is true. Hell yeah. Hell Come yeah. Well, man. it's the shameless <laughs> plug hour. Uh, yeah. if people want to find you personally or yeah, the products stuff you represent. Up, like, yeah. uh, you know, where can people find content in ter- yeah. or 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 find you? Yeah. Um, Reddington in Rio, Instagram. I'll pop up there once in a while. Um, I try not to post too many things of myself. And then Ethan underscore law 14. I think I just changed it to something lame. But find me. It's a lot of climbing stuff now. (laughs) I'm just going to warn you. There's some fishing, but it's going to be a lot of climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, hey, man. Climbing's good, too. And you can uh, follow to uh, see that new sleeve uh, tattoo. Um, (laughs) So get ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So good. Hell yeah. Bring some Gatorade. I love I will. it. I'll take That's really just it. Okay, cool. It's just just Gatorade. Just brother. Gatorade and plan to sleep after yeah. if you're going to do okay. a full sleeve. Sweet. Well, maybe a little cookie at the end of it. Oh, I love cookies. Yeah. Well, you're going to be losing a lot of blood, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't know. I don't I'll know the design. Before. I don't know the design, but like I, this one was my. These roses were my first tattoo. Okay. And oh, that nice. was four and a half hours, and I was like, Dying. I needed a bowl pass after some cookies. that. Right. I'll sure. bring lots of food. I'm a snacks person, so. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Rock and roll. Um, well, thanks, Ethan, for coming thanks, on the Ethan. show. Yes. And thanks yeah, for everything. Thanks for and, uh, everything. So this will be out on the 15th of August. There you go. Sweet. Awesome. Episode 149. Awesome. We're getting into my content plan. Perfect. Nothing awesome. like self-promotion. <laughs> I love it. We're all about that. Yeah. Right, well, sweet. thanks, brother. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Today's show is brought to you in part by Chums. You know, Chums, the company that makes those can't-live-without-em straps that keep your sunglasses on your melon. Believe it or not, Chums has been around for 40 years, making top-notch outdoor accessories for all the guides, river rats, and weekend warriors out there. Chums got their start in southern Utah back in 1983, when a guide on the Colorado River invented their now-famous original cotton eyewear retainer. Chums still makes many of its products in Utah, and everything they produce is designed to help you hang on to the gear you value most. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, roll-top dry bags, waste packs, dry sacks for your phone, and of course, glasses, retainers, and all kinds of wicked styles. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right there with us in the form of amazing gear, which means we never have to worry about our sunglasses or phones sinking to the murky depths of the waters we love to fish. Head to chums.com to check out their full lineup of outdoor accessories that's chums.com best fishing story ever with taco fly co's mario giel hi so (laughs) i got a really fun story for um 
all you fly fishermen that like to use uh, really big hooks for really big fish. Uh, I was fishing, so it's it's actually outside of Punta San Carlos in Magdalena Bay, and in the winter time, right now what's popular is people going out there to go chase striped marlin on the fly. Well, this was my first trip out there, and we were doing the same, trying to get striped marlin on the fly, and what's cool about Mag Bay is that there's no teasing. It's basically looking for, for birds and you you uh, chase the birds down and you start chucking big ass streamers, like giant ones. Well, we got this streamer from one of the other guests uh, one day and, and we had already been smacking Dorados. Like they were everywhere. I couldn't get a, a striped marlin to come and hit mine. There was a few hooked up on that trip. It wasn't like a crazy striped marlin trip, which that place does get nuts with the striped marlin. So I was actually taking advantage of the Dorado and it was nuts. Like we would run into schools of Dorado and they, they're so fun, man. They rip, um, we're using uh, 10 weights and 12 weights for them. But this one client that was staying at the Magdalena Bo the Bay Bo Lodge um, gave us a fly that they had tied. They're basically like $85 flies, dude. And they have hooks, they're huge, and they have hooks on one side, and then it goes down like with a, a cable, and then there's a hook on another side, and it's a beautiful fly, and it's, I don't know the name of it, it's super big. These hooks are gnarly, they're like so sharp and huge. And so he's like, use this fly, man, and you'll get that marlin to come out. Well, the next day I actually, uh, went out there I had the, the 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 rod that i really liked it was actually an echo badass glass 12 weight it was such a rad rod dude i've worked catching these dorado on fiberglass 12 weights dude it was really cool and um i do we we found a school of, of birds and it was a huge school and so i cast out dude and i'm like stripping it as fast as I could go. The guy next to me, um, he's actually, his name is Cabo Surfcaster on Instagram. I'm totally blanking out on his name right now. I, I'm just tired. But uh, he was with me throwing spinning rods and he caught a marlin on a spinning rod, on a surf pole, which was nuts. So I'm like casting out towards this, this big giant school of fish. There's marlin inside of it with Dorado and I'm stripping dude as fast as I can go and I see this this marlin coming at it it's all lit up it's got the blue stripes on it and uh, dude it's coming from my fly and I'm like this is it and out of nowhere dude this Dorado just whoosh, basically takes it out of the marlin's mouth dude and just starts whoosh. but of course I'm stoked I'm not I'm bummed I'm like oh that was it and I start fighting this Dorado and it was a cool fight it was it was really fun and just stoked. It was one of the days like at the end of the trip where I knew it was coming to the end. So I was just trying to just, you know, suck it all in, you know, who knows when they're good. We're not going to find the Dorado, when they're going to take off. So I'm super stoked on this one. We're already limited out. We kept some Dorado to eat and um, I'm already limited out. So we're doing catch and release and it's cool because these guys have a net and they net the Dorado and they bring them up on the deck and then we, we, we take off the hooks and let them go. Well, dude, I am pretty drunk, <laughs> and so um, the Dorado is like, he's holding the Dorado near me, and Pecos is famous out there, like the Los Locos boys use them, Mag Bay uses them, Salt Junkies uses them, he's awesome, I love Pecos, he's my dog, dude, and uh, um, 
I consider him family, man. And he's like holding up the fish and like a dummy, I go and to go grab this giant fly that I was using that this Marlin was coming for, it's huge. Two hooks on it. And I go to grab the fly, dude, out of a Dorado's face. <laughs> like, you should not do that. This is how dumb I am. Like, you know, when you when you take a hook out of these fish and this these size hooks and these giant beasts, like, you need to do it correctly. You need to know what you're doing. You need to have pliers or whatever. And I'm going to go reach for this, <laughs> this fly, dude. And I could see the Dorado's eyeball, like, looking left and right, like looking right at me <laughs> when I'm about to take this fly out. And dude, it just thrashes, like, boom, quick move. Like, these fish are crazy. And luckily, dude, luckily, so it has two hooks, right? The top hook is hooked into the fish's mouth. The bottom hook that's going the opposite direction is pointed towards my hand. And it goes right through my thumb into the fatty part of my hand and luckily flies out of the Dorado's face. Cause if it did not, I would have had a thrashing Dorado connected to one side of the fly with the other side of the fly connected to my hand. <laughs> so that part was lucky. Obviously dumb <laughs> maneuver, but that's why um, I'm proud of my Id idiocracy sometimes. <laughs> but. Uh, my angels were with me and uh, that hook popped out of the Dorado's face and I'm looking down at my hand and I have this like eight inch fly stuck in my hand. I'm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and I look up at Pecos and he looks at me like, oh shit. <laughs> Cause it's going, it's, I mean, dude, this, these hooks, I don't know the size of them, size of them, but it is in my hand. And mind you, the left, to the left of me are birds and bait going crazy. Like I could have easily caught another Dorado or a striped marlin. So I'm thinking in my head, we need to get this out as soon as possible. And luckily it was a brand new hook. So I had only thrown it probably two or three times before that. So it was quote unquote clean. So um, I'm looking at the guy, the Cabo Surfcaster guy. Again, I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name. And he's looking at me and I'm looking at Pecos and Pecos is like, just holy shit. There is a language barrier there. Well, um, it's not all the way through, dude. It's in the fatty of my thumb. And I look at him and in my head, I'm thinking, oh, we need, these are thick ass hooks. We need pliers or we need very heavy duty pliers. And I look at him and I say, oh God, I'm so out of it right now. I say pliers in Spanish, which I barely even know, but something in my head says pinzas, like says it, I go pinzas. And he goes, si. <laughs> Luckily they're right next to the steering wheel. These giant pliers with a big ass blade to cut big ass hooks. And I look at him and then I look at, uh, dude, what is his name? Let me, let me look it up. I can't, I cannot not remember his name. Wesley, yes, Wes, Wes. He's fucking awesome, dude. And uh, I was on the boat with him, which was great because I had been to Cabo before and looked him up and stuff like that. So I'm with Wes, so I look at, I look at Pecos and I said, pizzas, and he's like, pizzas. And I look over at Wes and Wes goes, you gotta poke it through, dude. <laughs> because it had to come through. So I got, so we, we cut the line, I look over at Wes, Wes grabs my hand and goes, 
and dude pops the hook and when it popped through it made a sound like that it actually literally made a sound coming through i've got adrenaline and obviously i'm watching fish i'm drunk and <laughs> we poke it through <laughs> and, and this is all like one quick this is all seriously like looking looking going with one another <laughs> and i look over at pekas now because it just poked through and he grabs it and goes and it makes a sound because you know to cut that big ass hook i mean it goes like it makes a cool, big sound it pops off I take it out, and right when I take it out, it just starts going squirt, squirt, squirt blood. It's like squirting blood, dude. <laughs> and, so, and we're all just like, ah! <laughs> so I hold my finger like this. I actually don't really have the scar really anymore. It was, it was really clean. <laughs> and I'm holding it like this above my head with my finger on the hole. <laughs> and... And of course, you know, we're like, what do we do now? And Wes goes, I have super glue. <laughs> so, of course, drunk, so I have thin blood, right? And um, I take my hand off of it and it squirts one more time. And then I put it back up like this and I'm just holding it, holding it, holding it. And we're just laughing. It's just, it, it was madness, dude. And finally it stops. It finally stops and I'm like looking at, and then Wes grabs the super glue, pops the super glue on the, on the hook. Actually, there's the stuck scar right there. <laughs> you can see it right there. <laughs> and uh, Wes pops the super glue on it <laughs> and it just stops bleeding. Grab my rod and start casting again, dude. <laughs> and I caught a Dorado right after that. Oh man, so um, yeah, that that to me is like one of my craziest fishing stories because one, I'm in a place where it's, you know, it's Mexico. Um, you know, having something happen to you when you're down there where you need stitches or go to the hospital and stuff, is always kind of scary, but it, it's like one of those things too, man. I swear in, in fishing or anything I do, I have these little angels that watch over me and, and I always think back at that at that like if that hook would have stayed in that dorado's face so we're talking you know 20 pound dorado thrashing those things are so gnarly it would have been a full-on rip tear everything so and, and of course the pliers being right there next to the steering wheel <laughs> it's just so lucky everything worked out perfect and wes thank you so much for having the super glue uh, Pekas, thank you so much for clipping the, the hook just really well, and Wes for poking the, the hook through the skin. And um, it's so funny, dude, because when we got done, we get back over to the lodge where everyone's talking shit and talking about the days, and we're talking about how I had this hook in my hand. And it's this beautiful fly, I still have it at the house. And uh, Pekas is like basically like, you need to make a necklace. <laughs> Your so we go to the bar and the whole night dude i have this fly and i'm just like <laughs> playing with it and showing everyone this was stuck in my hand earlier oh my god so yeah fun story mag bay beautiful people a wonderful place and we're back and we're back after <laughs> Frank, Frankie's also here. <laughs> Frankie, down. Frankie down. Five more Frankie, minutes, Frankie. Up. Frankie, move around. 
Frankie, 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 Frankie. Um, well, that, that's yeah. Ethan. He's super cool. Like, I mean, we. <laughs> yeah, here we go, everybody. It's the back half of the show, and this uh, is just give me a second. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it calm. While Aldo gets Frankie calm, I'm gonna tell you guys something cool. Um, that was a fun show. Ethan's a super nice guy, and uh, we had lots of fun with him in Montana, and obviously, um, Aldo and Ida's in Rochester. And uh, yeah, he's just a cool guy. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool meeting people in the industry. Uh, but also just the, I mean, we've said this before, but just like the internet bringing everyone together and you get to meet people. Cause like he grew up fishing not too far from us. And you know, I mean, why would we know him? You know, we're hours apart, but like he f- fished to similar waters and stuff like that. Or, yeah. you know, I remember going upstate all the time when I was a kid and he, he yeah. had landlocked salmon and stuff. And Ethan, yeah. that's where he was fishing right then and there. So no, it's just cool. Like paths connecting and crossing. and Yeah, it's cool. And paths and of y- life, you know, like, um, I've done community management and food and beverage before and you're ads and he's kind of sort of in yeah, ads he's in marketing and, and advertising marketing yep. and stuff. And it's kind of neat how those worlds keep uh, intersecting. It's just kind of neat. Also, he, you know, you don't really get into it. He is very good at fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can hear, you can, <laughs> you can probably, um, put that together from his, just how he grew up fishing, like competitive angling, love still water, technical stuff the delaware is like one of his favorite fisheries 12 foot leaders and you know fish rising and none of them will eat like very technical kind of fishing and uh yeah. you know i think that style obviously attracts people who are pretty good at it and so yeah when we were in montana i remember he was dialing in he's like i just wanted to see how many fish i can catch right now and he was he was catching catching a lot yeah yeah, yeah i mean like we're not a tips and trips podcast but if yeah. we ever were i would definitely have him on and pick his brain about yeah more tips and tricks <laughs> <laughs> maybe we will next time i maybe next time we have them on in person we do like uh because we've done a couple over the course of the 149 episodes which is crazy they've been more technical just to see if people like them but yeah we're not really trying to do that but you know one live one get some cocktails going talk about some still water tips or something I we, just, we can go on not like i could tech i could talk about leaders for a long time like an uncomfortably yeah? long time really yeah man Saltwater leaders, bass leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Euro leaders for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I could talk about cork like types handle, cork handle. Like a yeah. lot. Like, and split bamboo. De- well, I don't know. I know a little bit about bamboo, but I could tell you the densities of cork. It's not really fishing related. I mean, it kind of is because it's a handle, little bit. But I just, I love cork. I'm a big cork nice, guy. Nice, man. Yeah. It's a new thing. I just got into it recently. Well, you did you used to work at float, paddle, and fly. So things that float. Cork has always been part of your cork boat. boards, you know, wine corks, just cork, <laughs> just, just literally not, not, not cork handles. Just, no, just slightly like we're cork. just talking. It's the cork cast. It's cork chat. Welcome to cork chat. Welcome to cork chat. Um, well, it's, uh, <laughs> August 9th. Uh, this comes out August 15th. Of course, this is episode 149, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, because that means the September 1st show is our 150th episode mitch congratulations oops wrong one <laughs> no that was the right one <laughs> just <laughs> oh, christ um um yeah you know by the time this comes out we'll probably put a plan together but we're kind of hoping to do a live show maybe somewhere in person yeah um 
Yeah, do I don't know what the plan nice. is. I'm, I've I've asked the Filson store. Maybe we'll be doing a Filson here in Toronto. So that might be true. That might not be true by the time. Or this somewhere comes with out. somewhere with drinks, maybe. Oh well, they can get. They oh, can okay, drink okay. it. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do something in person for sure. Um, maybe we'll just have a big old party in the backyard. You know, just like, invite people to your backyard, or just 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 us get a, get like a couple like small little <laughs> kiddie pools, fill with water, and sit in those, and just kind of relax in the heat or we'll just show up at drift with all the microphones and be like sorry we're up open the open up open up let me in <laughs> yeah we'll do um, something fun um because it's we'll, cool that we'll do something fun episodes. We'll, maybe we'll give something away i'll give frankie away if she doesn't stop barking <laughs> um but that's cool 150 is coming up yeah. what do we got going on as of the 15th hmm we might still have a few spots or one spot left for our lady evelyn trip with matt martin uh, Matt Martin is also doing a Smooth River Academy on September 10th, a little steelhead primer. Um, so you know you can check out because um, we'll be we'll be we'll be going to that. Mm-hmm. And um, and obviously I'll be guiding with Matt in Tomogamy. You should go the, if you're listening. For the fifth year. It's gonna have fun. It's gonna be friggin' fun. It's uh, fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Don't it's you want to have pricks. fun? <laughs> um. I mean, and if you want to experience like a beautifully wild place um, mm-hmm. and fish with the uh, and beautifully wild fish, some fun people for a very special species, you know, um, tomogamy brook trout. <laughs> and if you're from Ontario and you're and you've never fished hopper droppers before, well, guess mm-hmm. what? We fish them there, and that's kind of fun too. Mm-hmm. You get to fish in some ways that normally maybe you don't fish. Just treat yourself, you know, and have a fun little trip to round out your season. All the food's taken care of. And uh, get your spot before it's gone, because it's going to be gone pretty soon, because these trips be, fill up every it's gonna year. It's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if we've got anything else going on. Well, new for the podcast, um, mm. you know, every, uh, we're hoping to get more comments, likes, subscribes, <laughs> but actually, if you can go and uh, rate us on iTunes and or iTunes, Apple Music. Yeah. Uh, or Spotify. Um, and we'll randomly select somebody um, from uh, a SoFly merch pack. And that's going to start month. in September. Uh, the sub- That's going to start the September 15th show. So go and start. Go get your review in. Please give us a review. Hopefully a good one. If you're going to give us a bad review, come on now. Don't even bother doing that. <laughs> go give us a good review and we'll give you a, potentially a prize in September, September 15th. So, um, yeah, we're going to start doing that every month. Um, people who okay. give us reviews will okay. win. Okay, cool. So please do that. So between this show and so a month from now. Yep, month from now. Month from today. Yeah. Which is cool. That always helps us out. It helps uh, our reach of the Shah and, yeah. you know, gets more earballs on. Means a lot. Us, and it does mean a lot. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, how's your season been, everybody listening? You know, why don't you send us a little. How's she do? How's she do? A little story, maybe. And, uh, oh, also, if you want to record your best fishing story ever. Um, mm. we're going to start doing that. We're going to open it up to just like anyone who wants to, to do it. And basically it's like a 10 minute call with myself or, um, or Aldo. And, uh, and you just tell us your best story ever. And then we're going to edit it to some music and pop you in the episode. And, um, you know, so yeah, there's your moment. Here's your time to get your you story your, out there into the world. You want your 10 minutes of fishy fame? It's not a lot Relative. Low pressure thing to do. Low pressure fame. <laughs> and we would love for you to, um, have the microphone to tell your best fishing story ever because uh, that's what it's all about. Man. Hell Sharing yeah. Stories. E- email us at info at sofly.ca with um, 
you know, your information and saying and that a little rundown of your story and, and you might be picked and you might be picked to get into one of the sodes info at sofly.ca sodes yes that's subject new, line sodes and that's uh, the new lingo for episode yeah so yeah everybody yeah thank you for listening thank you for listening to 149 episodes um means a lot and uh hopefully you enjoyed listening again and um we love ya huh you'll feel better that's it for me mitch all them yeah it's uh it's it for me baby Ethan, thanks again for coming on the show. Take care. Comb your hair. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.